Welcome to the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations Interviews Podcast, a series of brief conversations with leading China experts on key issues in the Sino-American relationship. For more interviews, videos, and links to events, visit us at www.ncuscr.org. Good afternoon. This is Steve Orleans, President of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations, and I'm happy today to be joined by Professor Ji Li who is a professor of law at Rutgers University and a member of the associate faculty of the Division of Global Affairs. He has recently come out with a book called The Clash of Capitalisms, Chinese Companies in the United States, which is a subject I'm particularly interested in because annually the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations in conjunction with the Rhodium Group comes out with a report which looks at that data. So let's talk about why you decided to do this book. Well, um, several reasons. So um, there's a huge academic interest in um, the interaction between Chinese multinational companies and the institutions of their host countries. Um, so in the past several years, there was a, a surge of Chinese direct investment in the U.S. Right. And we all know that China and the U.S. are vastly different in terms of their legal and regulatory institutions. How do Chinese companies, uh, you know, originating from uh, a developing country environment, re regulatory environment, adapt? to the sophisticated and the strict U.S. legal system? That, that's a question uh, been out there, um, asked by many people, but uh, there hasn't been any systematic empirical research that explored that question. So that, that's what started me to get interested in this topic. And also I got a lot of friends asking me questions relating to this general topic. So I, at a certain point I said, well, I better you know, start researching, uh, researching it and uh, come up with good answers. Uh -huh. yeah. And what are the conclusions and what is the relevance for yeah. kind of the average reader? So um, ZTE will be a good example, right? <coughs> After ZTE, um, uh, many people ask, uh, wonder whether ZTE is representative of all Chinese companies in the U.S. in all their areas of compliance, right? And there's my book is an empirical uh, but study. But you focus really uh, on Huawei, Lenovo. Oh, those are just were uh, three short cases. Uh, I I use Huawei, and Lenovo, and Bank of China. Right, uh, but but I, I, I the primary. Um, data I use is a survey data collected by the China General uh, Chamber of Commerce in right. the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, so I look at a, a very a larger sample of uh, Chinese companies in the U.S. So my, because it's an empirical study, the conclusion is not a clear yes or no answer. Uh, what I found is that uh, people need to look at, uh, take a more nuanced approach to the general question about Chinese companies' compliance with U.S. Uh, laws and regulations, you need to look at different subject matter areas and also you look, need to look at the company's desire and ability to adapt it to U.S. Uh, institutions. So in the end, my general conclusion is that most uh, of Chinese companies are rather adaptive 
to U.S. Uh, legal laws and regulations. But there is significant, there are significant, significant intercompany variations. Right. Uh, you need to look at uh, ownership uh, structure of the Chinese companies. Also, you need to look at uh, their sectors. Was there a difference between SOEs and non-SOEs? In certain areas, yes. Um, now, you, used, you had kind of three areas, right. you know, use taxation, discrimination, and CFIUS. Right. So in CFIUS, I found significant and robust uh, uh, effect of ownership structure on how the companies react to the, to the institution. Um, but in tax and discrimination, uh, employment discrimination, uh, the effect of ownership structure is not significant. So what were the differences in CFIUS? How did they react? Well, the, the, uh, they, um, they perceive the institution to be biased and politicized, non-transparent. SOEs. SOEs, and which is uh, not surprising, right? Uh, the, the, re the regime is biased against the government-controlled or government-owned uh, investors. So uh, on that part, I, I, I was not surprised with the funding, uh, finding. And, um, and also more generally, I find that uh, Chinese companies, uh, Chinese investors owned by uh, Chinese governments tend to operate with uh, a, a, a more vertical control in the U.S. In other words, Chinese headquarters of these companies tend to retain more management control over their over their U.S. operations. Versus a private enterprise. Versus, exactly. So if compliance decisions involve um, high, involve decision making by the high ups, then um, the expectation is that SOEs will be less responsive to uh, the issues on the ground in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it will not be surprising that if there's a compliance issue, and that SOEs will respond less efficiently or effectively to the issues in the U.S. For CFIUS. Because CFIUS is a pre-investment process by right, and large. Right, right. Uh, for CFIUS and uh, in general as well. So um, the reason we don't see that uh, effect in the areas of tax compliance and employment discrimination uh, is because those areas, I argue, are rather routine and technical. Right. They do not involve higher decision making. That's why we don't see much uh, ownership difference. Mm -hmm. in the U.S. But if there's a major compliance issue, then it will take longer uh, for Chinese companies owned by state-owned investors to react. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, the, the, the survey, the, the data collection was 14, 15, and 16. Right. So it didn't really encompass the period where we've seen two things happen. One, an enormous drop-off in Chinese investment. Right and two, increasing state participation in business. Exactly, right. Um, you know, it's, it's empirical study, so there's this kind of uh, sensitivity. Um, and it didn't uh, incorporate how Chinese companies re react to the current uh, investment environment uh, under the Trump administration. So, but uh, we can still draw uh, many lessons from 
from from the findings, right? Uh, uh, the theoretical framework I set up uh, will still be valid. Uh, um, uh, in other words, um, the the takeaway is that when you look at Chinese companies' compliance with U.S. laws and regulations, you have to take a more nuanced approach. You have to look at the subject matter area, look at the institutional gap in that area between China and the U.S., and then you look at uh, the company's um, desire and ability to adapt to to U.S. institutions. So, by and large, you find pretty compliant? Uh, by and large, I find Chinese companies have, in general, have both the desire and ability to adapt, but uh, that's just very general conclusion. You have, and there's significant intercompany variations, so. Any um, comparison to non-Chinese companies? The yeah. Japanese companies or that'll be the UK companies? That'll be the, that'll be future projects. It'll be interesting to compare Chinese companies with Japanese companies and Korean companies mm -hmm. and see how they, how they differ in terms of uh, adapting to, to U.S. institutions. What's driving the slowdown? Uh, the, well, the, uh, the current, uh, both, well, actually before Trump started to erect uh, trade barriers, um, the Chinese government also put uh, uh, some um, barriers, right, uh, uh, tighten foreign currency control. Um, so uh, both governments are now uh, putting various restraints on, on foreign direct investment in the U.S. from China. So, but um, I guess your data is not going to reflect what percentage is what percentage of the slowdown is based upon capital controls, and what percentage of the slowdown is based upon investment in the U.S. controls. Right. Any so, estimate of that? Yeah. Well, well from uh, based solely on anecdotal uh, anecdotal evidence, I think for most sizable Chinese companies investing in the U.S., they are not. Uh, too much concerned about uh, the foreign currency control imposed by the Chinese governments. Um, but for them, the slowdown was really uh, mainly caused by the U.S. side, the U.S. government's uh, restraints. Well, we've reached the end of our appointed time, but the, this has just given you a flavor of the book the Clash of Capitalisms, Chinese Companies in the United States by Ji Li. It's full of data and uh, interesting anecdotes about how the Chinese are adapting to this environment where they're investing in the United States, a recent phenomenon, phenomenon as opposed to U.S. companies that have been investing in China for close to 40 years. Right. But thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you the book is me. for sale. Thank you. Thank you very much.